Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Praise the Lord. But we need to honor the word of God, and this is a very important message, a very important series that we are in right now, a series on the book of Daniel called Consecration, and it's all about living in the days of Daniel. Our days are very similar to the days of Daniel, and uh, if uh, you've been following along with us, um, this whole series is about learning from these young men who were part of the history of Israel. There was a certain time in the history of Israel where Israel turned away from God. And, they tur- and as they turned away from God, God began to raise up prophets. And in particular, he raised up the prophet Jeremiah who said, if you continue to serve other gods and to worship other idols, you're going to go into captivity because ultimately that's what idolatry does. Idolatry takes you into captivity. And sure enough, they did go into captivity at a certain point in time, 600 uh, B.C., essentially, 605 B.C., the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, came and uh, basically besieged um, Israel, and he took them. He literally he de- kind of deported them back to, to Babylon, and they had to live in Babylon. They had to live in a nation where the kings didn't fear God. They didn't care about the word of God. It was a period of great wickedness and darkness, and, uh, and yet they stood for God, and they brought him great glory, and those days are very similar to these days. Because how many know we're living in some pretty dark days? We're living in days where the word of God is not honored, where right and wrong, according to God's will, doesn't matter. Uh, uh, truth essentially falls to the ground. Truth is whatever anyone says it is. And people don't fear God, and they don't trust God, and they don't really care in general. Our society doesn't care about God, and, uh, um, and that's okay. What really matters, guys, is that we serve and honor God no matter what's going on. Can I get an amen? And when the times are as dark as these, you, you know, the theme of, uh, one of the themes of the book of Daniel is that we have a role to play. Okay, when times are dark, God wants to use his people more than ever before. And we have a role to play while people are killing each other and and they're angry with each other and all of the madness that's going on. This is our opportunity to shine and to bring him glory. And today we're going to to see there's a, in a sense, a thematic emphasis is shifted to to one of the other key themes of the book of Daniel, which is that God is sovereign and he's in control of all things at all times. How many know God is always in control? This book reveals that in in a very powerful, powerful way. And um, I'd like to give you a quick kind of earthly example to sort of frame our thinking about this chapter um, there's a trend now with um, expectant mothers and families. Uh, they didn't do this when, when uh, Chrissy was expecting our kids. They didn't um, do this, but it is a, it's a kind of a really cool trend where um, the, the mom goes to the doctor and gets a, a sonogram. 
ultrasound. And uh, ultrasound, um, and uh, uh, thanks, Pastor Matt, <laughs> right? She gets an ultrasound, and they find out if it's a girl or a boy, but they don't really say it. They, they give the the person something to mail to the bakery and the, they make a cake and everyone gets around the cake and then they cut a slice of cake and if it's a blue, it's a boy. If it's pink, it's a girl. How many know the big reveal? Like, how many know that? Right? Some of you got to get out a little more. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, you know, it's so much fun to, to experience that, kind of discover that and it's such a cool thing for families. And uh, um, today, we're going to be talking about the big, big reveal. Today, we're going to be talking about, about the fact that there are huge things that God has revealed and that God wants to reveal. And as the people of God, we should have that same sense of anticipation and hope and expectation you know, we should be expecting God to speak to us and, and to unfold his plans. How many know dark days can't stop the will, the beautiful will of God for your life and mine? Can I get an amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. God has an amazing plan and he wants to use us in amazing ways, even in dark times. And so the title of the message today is Consecration Leads to revelation. Everyone say revelation. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And there is a facet of consecration. We, we talked in the last couple of weeks that consecration is a separation that is motivated by your affections. And what it means is that you don't give your affections to the world and the things of this world. You give your heart, your affections to God because you love him. How many know this is a universal principle? You give your heart to who you love. Consecration is about us being in these times and saying, look, you guys can love whoever you want. As for us, we're going to love Jesus. And we don't care what's going on or what people say or what the laws are. We want to love Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen? And so, so consecration at, on one level is really about, about separating to God for the sake of of telling him and showing him that we love him, but there's a part of consecration, guys, and we'll go over this momentarily, that brings incredible revelation. Consecration, when you get close to God, there's an incredible revelation that takes place. Now I want to start this by defining what revelation is. All of this upfront material is so that you could have an understanding of what's taking place in Daniel chapter 2. So let's, for a moment, okay, what is revelation? Revelation is a disclosure of information to a person by a divine or supernatural agency. It could be an angel. Uh, uh, it could be God can speak in a still, small voice. But it's a disclosure of information to a person by a divine or supernatural agency. Also, another way of saying it is a, it is an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. We'll see some of that because we're going to look at, some, at a prophecy today. Um, it's a revealing, an act of revealing or communicating divine truth. And then lastly, for our purposes, the most kind of simple way to say it for us is revelation is a heavenly download 
of the future and of God's will for our lives. How many know God can download His plan? He's able to make it known to us as His people. And so um, what we're going to do is jump into this chapter. And as we go to jump into the chapter, um, there are 49 verses. And I want to kind of kill two birds with one stone here. Instead of reading all 49 verses or 47 verses, what I want to do is play over, uh, uh, is just play um, a, a, a version of the Bible that I listen to on a, on a very frequent and consistent basis. Um, I want to play it for you, just the first 13 or 14 verses, because I want to introduce you to just another way to get the Word of God into your heart and into your life. A lot of times when I'm driving in the car, I play uh, the Bible. Um, I actually took a, I drove for a couple of hours the other day and I played the book of Daniel over and over again. It's great to be filling your mind and your heart with the Word of God. I have a friend who goes to sleep with the Bible on. He does that. That's a good one, right? Some people go to sleep with the TV on with all kind of madness. How many know it's better to get the sweet Word of God into your ears and your hearts? Amen. So we'll, read, we'll listen first. This is called the Bible Experience, and then we'll read uh, the rest of the chapter. Go ahead and, and play that. In the second year of his reign, this is Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, dreams. verse 1. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king. May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers. This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more, they replied. Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will interpret it. Then the king answered. I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king. There is not a person on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among human beings. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So. The decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. 
Okay, now everyone just look up here for a moment. That was verse 13. We're going to pick up with verse 14 in just a moment. Uh, as I said again, um, I want to encourage you, do whatever you can to fill your life with the Word of God. Listening to it can be very, very powerful and very edifying. Now, before we go on reading in this chapter, um, uh, there's something very important that I, I feel we need to point out. I want you to notice that um, this moment, in this particular moment in the story, things get very, very difficult. They get very difficult because the king is making a request they're saying that is impossible. He's literally making an impossible request, and things are getting very, very difficult. And verse 13 talks about the fact that men were coming now to kill Daniel and his, his friends. I mean, this was serious. I, I, it's important for everyone to know that this was a real story. This is a historical, uh, uh, factual story. This really took place. If you go to the library and you look up the kings of Babylon, you will find Nebuchadnezzar there. You will find his father before him. The height of the Babylonian Empire was really under Nebuchadnezzar. And, and uh, you will see that this is real. Okay, some people try to mythologize the Bible and they take the miracles and the supernatural things that happen in the Bible and they try to dismiss them. In a moment, you're going to see why the book of Daniel is the most attacked book in the Bible. This is the book that, that, that uh, incites anger and fury in the, quote, intelligentsia of our times. There's something called higher criticism, which is when people look at the Bible and they try to criticize it and say it's not true, it's not authentic. You'll hear from time to time, people say all kinds of things. They just, they, they, they pontificate and they, they make these statements about the Word of God as if it's not true. This book drives those people crazy. Because in a moment, you're going to see prophecies that were spoken that there's no way for them to, 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 to answer. How did Daniel know what was about to take place unless God gave it to him? And that's why they say the book of Daniel was not written when in six, when it was written, they say it was written at another time. Okay, this book is always coming under attack. And I, and, and I want you to know that, so okay, the, the king puts something very, very difficult before them and very, very pressure-filled, and, and that was because of the Lord. That was God. And you know why? It's because when times are dark and difficult and pressure-filled, things that are counterfeit and spurious and light and weak, you know what? They, they, they rise and people see that it just doesn't work. The counterfeit shows itself. The magicians, the, the enchanters, the astrologers, they had nothing to say at this moment. You see, but when pressure comes, especially in these dark days, it's not only, it not only exposes what's fake. How many know it reveals what's real? 
You see, and so this was an incredible opportunity for God to get glory through his servants as they would hear from him and, and, and bring him glory. And, and as you think about today's message, even in your own life, remember these dark days, these pressure-filled days are the opportunity that we have to bring glory to God. And just because it's hard doesn't mean that God is not in control. Actually, it means the reverse. This is just an opportunity for God to get all the glory. And that's what you're going to see as we keep reading. Now we're going to put the verses up on the screen here. And it says, when Ariok, when Ariok the commander of the, kings, uh, of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officers, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So they basically had a prayer meeting. You know, you know why we have prayer meetings around here, right? Is because when people pray, God moves and God reveals things. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. Everyone say deep. God is able to reveal deep things, brothers and sisters, things that no one knows, things about the future, things about our lives that are only in his heart and in his mind. He's the same. How many know Jesus is alive today and he's still in the revelation business? So he's able to reveal deep things. Okay, uh, and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You made known to us the dream of the king. Then Daniel went to Ariok, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Ariok took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, uh, uh, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied, Listen to this. No wise man, enchanter, magician, or, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But, everyone, let's read these few, line, this, this, these few words together. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. So no one can do this, but God can do it. The true God, this is what he's saying. It says, he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. 
Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you are lying in bed are these. Now, before we go into this, please pay attention because this is very, very important to today's message and to our lives. Pay very close attention to this. It says, as your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive, but so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. Very, very important, guys. A rock was cut out, but not by human hands. After these four kingdoms, right? Right when that fourth kingdom emerges. He says, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace. It says, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands, he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. Now look at me for a second. I want you to notice that even though Daniel doesn't take credit in any way uh, uh, for the interpretation or the revelation, Daniel is now turning to King Nebuchadnezzar and saying, by the way, king, God has shown you something. He has shown you what's to come in the future. And by the way, uh, as God is showing you what's to come in, in the future, God wants you to know that you have your position because he gave it to you. He is literally saying to him, the only reason you are on the throne is because God has put you there. God raises kings up and he puts them down. It's all in the power of God. He says, you're the head of gold. After you, another kingdom will arise, inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all other things. The, what he's saying is a kingdom was going to come that would smash uh, uh, everything, basically. The, it was, it had the strength of iron, it would smash everything. 
And he says, just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will, yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. Almost done here. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed nor will it be left to another people. Almost done here. Watch this. It will crush all those kingdom, kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure forever. Everyone say forever. There's going to be a kingdom, he's saying, that will endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision uh, uh, of the rock this is the, the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, and the silver, and the gold, uh, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown, you, has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. Blessed be the reading of the word of God. Hallelujah. Daniel was 18 years old when he gave this interpretation. The, the, the nation of Israel was taken captive in 605 B.C. This was probably 602 B.C. He was around 18 years old as he comes before the king. And what he basically did is he said, O oh, king, God has given you a vision of the future, but not of a couple weeks. He's given you a, a vision from right now all the way till Jesus literally comes back. Okay, this is a vision that goes all the way to the end, to the end of times. And as I mentioned before, this, this prophecy in a couple of weeks we'll talk about from Daniel chapter 7, which gives a similar prophecy prophecy but with different symbols this prophecy is what kind of has blown away the the critics because there were so many things he could have said at this moment he could have said seven kingdoms seven is a perfect number if you would have thought about him choosing a number of kingdoms to come maybe the perfect kingdom is coming in the it'll be the seventh kingdom there are all sorts of things that he said but he said no four kingdoms are coming and then after that a kingdom that is not made by human hands is going to come and when that kingdom comes it's literally going to make all kingdoms as nothing and that kingdom is going to grow forever and how many know Jesus is the rock he is the rock Christ Jesus which lives forever Now, we're going to get into these revelations and these prophecies, okay? But I want to pray today, okay? This is, this is not meant to be some kind of history lesson. This is meant to help us live today. This is meant to help us to live and to expect revelation from God 
Because how many know God still speaks to his people? So let's pray that, ask the Lord to give us revelation. Father, thank you for this day and for this time. And God, I pray that you would take the next few moments that you would speak to every heart and every life. Lord, we only have so much time together, Lord, and then we got to go out into this world. But God, when we leave this place and when we go out into the world, we thank you that you're with us. Your Holy Spirit remains inside of our hearts, oh God, and you're able to lead us and guide us and reveal your will to us. I pray that you would do that today. I pray that you would use, Lord, these simple truths, oh God, to make us strong in faith, in hope, and in dependence on you. Bless this word now, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. amen. Now before we get into the prophecy, I think it's important for us to, to take note of, of one facet of consecration. And the first thing is, is this, is that consecration is based on prayerful separation. Okay? If you're going to be consecrated to God, one side of consecration is that, is that you don't give your affections to the world. But another side of consecration is that you separate to talk to God. He said he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. And you know what? And then God revealed it. He said, let's pray, guys. You know why prayer meeting is so important? Because when we pray, God speaks. When we pray, God moves. That's, that's, we're supposed to do that. And whoever gets close to God, there's a benefit that comes, guys, that when you get close to God, guess what? You hear from God. I know God still speaks to his people. Look at one of my favorite verses in the Old Testament. Psalm 25, 14 says this. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Do you realize that God wants to confide in you? God wants to speak to you. There are things that he wants to say. You know, no one can say, well, I'm too young. No, when Daniel got there, he was 15 years old. 18-year-old guy speaking to the king. Oh, Lord, help us. God is able to speak to our hearts. But here's the thing. Very important distinction when it comes to revelation. Revelation is contingent, okay, upon closeness even though help is not. Please look at me for a second, okay? Very, very, very important. What if you haven't talked to God in six years or 60 years? What if you've been living your life without even caring about God, about anything that God, anything in his word, anything about anything. It's like, you know, you could claim to be an atheist or whatever. You could be, you could claim to follow other religions, okay? So let's say you find yourself in that position. The Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer. So with Jesus, Okay, because he died for our sin, he paid the price. Anyone, the minute we turn and say, Jesus, help, I need you. How many of you know he just comes to help us? His mercies are new every morning. He delights to show mercy. God is excited to pour his mercy out. We mess up. He says, no, I want to pick you up. I want to wash you. He is merciful. He's rich in mercy. So I'm not saying today that if you're not super close to God, God's not going to hear you. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? I know the minute you ask God for help, he's a helper of the helpless. Praise be to the living God. And no matter where you find yourself today, 
ask him. Ask him because he's good. He's kind and he's loving. However, revelation is different. Revelation is, is that you get close to God and then God starts to share his secrets with you. You know, it, 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 he, we become friends with him and we get close to him and then he starts to open up his word to our lives. God really does want to speak to us as friends and you'll see that at the end of this message. So that's the first thing is look, guys, you gotta learn how to pray for yourself. It's great to pray. Some people pray when they're in trouble. When, when their back's up, up against the wall, it's amazing how good get, people get at calling on God. You know, when they're in big trouble and they'll, they'll promise. You ever promise God everything? You know, you get in a jam. You're like, God, if you get me out of this jam, I will do this, 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 and that. And then you get out of the jam and then you forget about everything you said. All right. I won't even say everybody say amen because I just know that's true. I know that's true. We've all been there. We make promises and all of the above. But, but really what God wants is for us to get close to him so that we have a living relationship with him. You know, where he talks to us and we hear from him and we talk to him. Now, the second thing that is, is so powerful about this passage is it reveals that, yes, consecration is blessed, with revelation. It says, no wise man, enchanter, magician, you know, uh, diviner. There were astrologers. You know, when I was a kid in high school, I used to open the newspaper and look at the signs, you know, Gemini, whatever, Libra, you know, and, uh, and look at the, like those three lines. I remember being in high school, looking at those three lines to say what they're going to say about my life, okay? You know what? This is all baloney, Okay? Stars don't speak, okay? The maker of the stars speaks. The creator of the stars, he speaks. And so, so you know, chasing, I come from, I'm Cuban, and in my, in my background, there's something called espiritismo and santeria, spiritism, and the, the consulting of, of uh, literally, it's the consulting of demons, and, and uh, there's all kinds of things that you consult. And this says, forget about all of that. That is nonsense. But there is a true and living God who loves you that if you get close to him, he's able to reveal every mystery. Okay? How many know God's will for your life is not found in whatever section in the tribune? You don't open the tribune for, to find out God's will for your day. You open the Bible and you seek his face. Can I get an amen? Can we praise God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a blessing. And when you, when you think about revelation, okay, revelation in general terms, there's general revelation, which means the heavens declare the glory of God, okay? The heavens declare the glory of God. You get up in the morning, you look at the sun, you look at the, the moon and the stars, you look at people around you, and you got to say, man, God created this. You mean to tell me that this complicated body that we have, all of the different systems, the, the way your eye works and your ears and the circulatory system and your digestive system, all of these different systems, you're going to tell me that came, it just popped up? No one designed it? Just came from, from nowhere? You know? Well, let me put it to you this way. Tell me what father, who's a good, good dad, his, his son shows up to the house and says, Hey, Dad, I got a, I got a 
Look at this $400 watch, right? Look at this $400 watch I have. And, and, uh, and the dad will say, where'd you get that watch? He'll say, dad, it was, like, it was like the Big Bang evolution theory. It just popped onto my wrist. <laughs> what would the father say? He said, come over here. <laughs> Am I right? You know, and, and yet the intelligent people say that far more complexity than a watch Okay, far more complexity than a car or your phone or your or whatever it is, which is us. Okay, which is this incredible world. Intelligent people say, no, no one designed that. It just popped up. There was like this green soup and then a fish came out, half squirrel, turned into a cow. That's what people are buying. And you know what that is? That's nonsense. And you know what? The reason that people don't, don't accept the fact that God is creator, it's not because there's not enough wisdom and revelation for it. It's because they don't want to bow their hearts to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so they choose to reject and deny it. You see? So general revelation, it speaks to us every single day. There's a creator, you know. But then there's biblical Revelation. Biblical revelation is what you see here, this prophecy that took place. Let me put this up very quickly for you, okay? This is a, a simple chart. This is not a comprehensive talk about this passage. There's so much to talk about, but this is just in general terms. Here's what he was basically saying. He's saying, Nebuchadnezzar, here's your dream. First of all, in the dream, you saw this statue. There was a head of gold. There, was, there were chest and arms of silver, belly of bronze, legs of iron, feet and feet of iron and clay, and then there was a rock that came. Okay, and here's what this means. You have to understand what a bold thing this was. Okay, all of the word of God, God's credibility was hanging on this moment. Okay, he could have said so many different things, but here's what he said. God has shown you the future. Okay, and here's the future. There will be four kingdoms. There will be a, a, a kingdom that, that is your kingdom. You're the head of gold. There'll be the Babylonian Empire and then three kingdoms after that, which we know the third kingdom after the Babylonian Empire was the Roman Empire. Well, what did the Roman Empire do? The Roman Empire crushed everything. The Roman Empire was a mighty army. It took more territory up until that point. It crushed everything. It destroyed everything. How did he know that? He didn't know that. God revealed it to him. And he said, and during that time, from that moment on, there's going to be a rock. That rock is not going to be cut by human hands. That rock is going to come and smash every earthly kingdom. And it was during that time that Jesus Christ was born. Listen, there's a historian. His name is Will Durant. And he said, Christ and Caesar met on the battlefield of the marketplace. And Christ won. Christ continued to rise. And the Roman empire fell and no one will bring Jesus Christ down he will reign forever and ever and ever hallelujah but you have to understand what this is saying 600 years before well let somebody tell me how many kingdoms are left let someone show up and say it okay 
Let someone show up and say how many kingdoms are left. Or uh, think, of, think of the frenzy we're in because who's going to be president? Right? This guy was talking about kingdoms hundreds of years. He predicted it. In Daniel chapter 7, which we'll get into, the, the, you'll see in a couple of weeks, how specific he is about the Grecian Empire, the belly of bronze, which was Alexander the Great. It talks about how it grew so fast and it charged and then all of a sudden it was cut off, just like happened with Alexander the Great. When the higher critics see this, they have nothing to say except, oh, it can't be true. This was written later. It was written after the fact. But how many know this is the true Word of God? Brothers and sisters, you can trust in the Word of God. How many would say amen? The Word of God is true. This was there, and there are hundreds of prophecies in the Bible. Hundreds of prophecies that were spoken hundreds of years before. They came to pass. Here's one more, and then we're going to close. We're, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Stick with me. This is very important. Let's take Jesus. In the Roman Empire, when people were crucified, they were nailed, okay? And then what they would do is they would break their bones to make sure that they were dead. They would break their bones so that they couldn't hold themselves up and to make sure that they completely suffocated and, and, and died. But the Bible said that the Messiah, not one of his bones would be broken. And that the Bible says that they would cast lots for his garments. And so years later, this is spoken by, by Isaiah, I think it was 500 years before, 700 years before. Years later, when Jesus was crucified, they, and the thieves are there, they broke their bones. But when they came to Jesus, there must have been an angel there who said, pass on, brother, because we got some stuff to fulfill here. You will not touch him. Even though we let you kill him, you will not touch him now. Not a broken bone in the body of Christ. And guess what they did? They cast lots for his garments. Every single detail was fulfilled. Okay? When you think about the Word of God, don't compare the Word of God to any other book on the planet. This biblical, this is the inspired Word of God. It is living and active, and it still speaks today. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. I had a guy from some university spot out some stuff. And I said, oh, yeah, where did you get that? I said, because you're really misinformed. And he was like, um, I don't remember. Of course you don't remember. People say all kinds of things about the Word of God, but it's empty. The Word of God is true. So listen, there's biblical revelation. It proves the authority, the sovereignty, the power of God over all of history. But then, lastly, bringing it to today, there's also personal. Everyone say personal. There's personal revelation. Now, personal revelation means that God can literally speak to us in a very specific way. Here's how the Apostle Paul put it. Now, this is in the New Testament. This is how we pray for you and for ourselves. The Bible says, for this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, revelation, okay, uh, through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, 
bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. There is a personal revelation that the Spirit can give us so that we could live a life worthy of the Lord, to please the Lord, and to bear fruit for the Lord, and to bring glory to the Lord. If you really want to bring glory to God, guess what you need? You need personal revelation. You need to, you need to hear from God for your life. Okay, God still speaks to us about our lives. Brothers and sisters, hear from God for your life. God is able to speak to you. Okay, you don't have to just kind of like, it's like life shouldn't be like playing dice. Life is, life is getting in the presence of God and saying, show me the way that I should go. It says in the book of Revelation, he opens doors that no man can shut and he closes doors that no man can open. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is able to open a door for you. God is able to open doors where it looks like no way. But you know what? When God says yes, how many know it's yes? We have to take the time to hear from him. Open the door, Lord. Show me. Guide me in the way that I should go. That's the plan of God and the will of God for our lives. And then here's the last thing and we'll go. Very, very important. This is kind of like your takeaway for the day. Okay, revelation brings, hey, everyone say this word with me, necessary. Revelation brings a necessary perspective. Okay, this isn't just so that you have prophecy info in your head. Revelation brings a necessary perspective. To Daniel, Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, the great God has shown you what will take place in the future. The dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. He was giving Nebuchadnezzar a necessary perspective. Well, God loves us just as much as he loved Nebuchadnezzar. And God is able to give us a very necessary perspective. And the perspective is twofold. Ready? Listen to this and we're going to go. Listen to this. Perspective number one. All right? No matter how old you are. Perspective number one. If... God is able, and if God knows, and if God is in charge of the kingdoms of this world, if God knows who's going to be in charge and who's not going to be in charge, if he was able to predict uh, from then up to the Roman Empire to the coming of Christ, and then from the coming of Christ to the very end. How many know if God was able to, on the big scheme of things, if, if he was able to say, to know what was going on back then, how many know that today he still knows exactly what's going on? Right now, God is fully in charge. If he was in charge back then, how many know he's in charge today? And so when we wake up in the morning, we can say, be at rest, oh my soul, because my Savior is on the throne. Hallelujah. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be worried because God is with me. When you wake up in the morning, give glory to God and know that God is with you. He's in charge of all things. Are the times crazy? Yes. But the people of God, the consecrated ones, they're not panicking. Notice that Daniel and the boys, they didn't panic. They prayed. Don't panic. Pray. All things are possible when we pray. That's perspective number one. Perspective number two. Perspective number two. If God 
has such an incredible grasp of all of these big things, down to the very minute details, okay, of all of these big things. How many know if the big is true, then also the small is true? And no matter how small you might see yourself, if God is in charge of all of these kingdoms and all of these powers, and he sent his son to die on the cross so that we could have a relationship, how many would agree that God has all the details of your life and my life? He has them perfectly laid out. And if God revealed the big things, how many know God can reveal the small things to us and the daily things on a daily basis? How many know we can hear from God? Can I get an amen? Amen. If God, if God knows what's going on with the kingdoms, he also knows what's going on with our lives. All we have to do is take the time to get close to him. We'll just take the time to get close to him. Then God will reveal his will. We've been praying, I've been praying as I prayed about this message. I'm thinking about men of God in this room, young and old, men of God. Standing up in this day, full of the word of the Lord, full of the authority of God, walking into different places, being full of God and shining for his glory. How many know that's what Chicago really needs? Women of God walking into places, revealing the glory of God. That's what Chicago needs. I'm going to close with this story and we'll go. So, this... They told me this testimony. There's a young man, maybe he's in this service. There's a young man who's been coming to our church maybe for a month or two. And uh, the, the way he got to this church was that they were, uh, they were building the wall that was advertising the KWA for the kids to be able to sign up, families to sign up, right? And um, they were like, man, we need some iPad holders. And so somebody on the team went to Best Buy. And when they went to Best Buy, they were asking for iPad holders, and a conversation ensued, and then an invitation ensued. And uh, they invited a bunch of people, but, but one came. And when the one person came, they came around and said, wow, this is such a wonderful place. This is awesome. What's going on here? They said, you know, I want to help with the kids. They started helping out to, to serve the kids a couple weeks uh, maybe a week or two after that, Pastor Matt was in a meeting and he felt led to share the gospel. He shared the gospel. The young man gave his life to Christ. The testimony was that they saw him with the new members. Packet, he gave his heart to the Lord. And now he's been involved and in coming and getting close to God. How many know that God is able to use an iPad holder? You see, you let the devil call your life ordinary, but there's nothing ordinary about your life. You let the devil call your days meaningless and empty, but there's nothing meaningless or empty about your life. If you will get alone with God, God will use you at Best Buy or even Dunkin' Donuts, God will use you. God will use you anywhere. God has a plan for our lives, guys. So I want to pray. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, ask the Lord for revelation of his will. Ask the Lord to use you in this day and age. Draw near to God, because how many know when we draw near to God, the Bible says that God draws near to us. Let's lift our hands to him. Jesus, Jesus.
Here's what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that as every person here goes from this place, we're going to pray that God would give us the grace to set aside some time to really begin to seek Him like never before. That God would, would help us, even today, beginning with today, to, to shut ourselves up with Him. And to say, speak your will into my heart, Lord. I'm telling you, any man, any woman, any young man, young woman that will take the time, just get alone with God, just like those three Hebrew boys, and say, God, speak to me, show me. Watch how things begin to unfold in your life. He gives a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can do, know God's will and do God's will and bear fruit for the glory of God. And that's what I want to pray today, that we would know God's will and that we would do God's will. Hallelujah. Come on, just pray for a moment. Father, reveal yourself to us, oh God. God, even the first-time visitors, I pray for revelation in their lives. I pray for revelation in their homes, oh God. I pray for every man, every woman, oh God. Would you begin to speak to our hearts, oh God, when we're driving in the car, when we're walking in the park, Lord God. Lord, before we go to sleep tonight, Lord, oh God, we want to hear from you, Lord God. Show us your will. Show us your plan, oh God. God, reveal your glory through our lives, I pray, oh God. Use us in a mighty way, oh God. God, the days are dark, oh God. But Lord, your glory is able to shine through your people. And we pray, let your glory shine through our lives, oh God. So Father, I just pray, Lord God, for faith in the building. I pray for faith in our hearts. Make us hungry. Make us desperate for revelation. Make us desperate to know your will. And God, use us in these days, these days that are just like the days of Daniel. Lord, I pray that your people would be released all over this city. Lord, to make a mighty impact for your glory and for your honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Could we give God a hand of praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.